Hi, and welcome to the Connection Over Perfection podcast. I am Amber McRae, your therapeutic nutritionist and host. Join me on a holistic healing journey where we explore the power of nutrition and connection for your overall well-being, where we embrace connection over perfection. The content provided in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice diagnosis, or treatment. The intention of the host and guests is to spread love and awareness. Always seek the advice of your physician or trusted healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard in this podcast. Amazing souls, it is a pleasure to introduce our guest today, Tess. She's not your average artist. Tess is an alternative pop sensation who weaves the threads of healing, nature, and connection into every fabric of her music. Her songs resonate with the deep currents of emotional healing and the power of forging meaningful connections. Tess is a true alchemist, transforming melodies into moments of profound insight. But it doesn't stop there. Tess's passion expands beyond her music. She's deeply engaged in holistic nutrition, herbalism, and inner child work, all of which blend harmoniously in her artistry to create a unique blend of therapeutic soundscapes. Tess believes in the magic of connections, whether with oneself, others, or the natural world. Today, we'll explore her fascinating journey, exploring how these diverse elements come together to inspire healing for herself and everyone who listens to her music. Tess, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here today. Yes. When I heard your music on TikTok, I was like, I need to talk to this girl. It was like all of the (laughs) things that I love just wrapped into one beautiful ball. I was like, I need to see if she'll be on my podcast. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm so glad that you reached out and it's been amazing to connect with you as well. And we're so close, which was amazing to learn. I know. Yay for California. Right? (laughs) Exactly. So Tess, could you briefly share how you began your journey as an alternative pop artist and how your connection with nature and alchemy and healing through music kind of unfolded? Yeah, sure. Um, Starting with the deep questions. (laughs) Jump right in. So yeah, my journey with music really started as a young child. And I sang in a lot of like spiritual settings. And I remember having a karaoke machine. And I would sing all the time. And writing in my diary as an 11 year old, I want to be a singer. That's my dream. But as as this happens, when we're teenagers, I actually had someone that discouraged me from going into music. And kind of said, oh, it's too cutthroat, it's too hard, and it's not a good place to be. So I put it away and kind of really pursued something else, which I'm also super passionate about, which is career in mental health, social work, and social justice, um, which I was really, really passionate about for many years. And it was an incredible experience. But it was like there was this little whisper in my heart that kept calling me back to music And I studied music, I kept singing and playing on the side, but something just was like, okay, you have to turn back to this. And during the pandemic, I think a lot of us went through a really rough time and it made us question like, okay, life is short. What what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And I really decided to listen to that calling of my heart and go back to music. And now I'm, I'm kind of jumping into it leaving behind this 
career and this incredible experiences that I had to really take this risk for something that was calling to me deeply. And I think it was both terrifying and freeing simultaneously because there was no pathway for me laid out or any preparation. And I was already, you know, embedded in a certain path. And now I was jumping into this completely different path. So now though, it's like when people tell me your song helped me connect with my inner child or the song helped me in this dark place, I just feel so much gratitude for being back called back into the space to bring healing and hope in this way through music. And I just feel like in the current world and moment that we're in, you know, there's so many global shifts happening. We just went through a global pandemic. There's climate change. Mental health is in a crisis. I mean, it has been for a while, but now it's even worse. And so many people are struggling. So to bring healing you know, to despair, to depression, to trauma, I feel like is a revolutionary act. And so this is part of why I feel like the world needs to combat these challenges through providing healing and support and mental health. Because how can we go out and be warriors for what we need to do in the world if we're not taking care of ourselves first? And that's something I really learned through my social justice work as well. So I'm just really grateful to be to be here and it's been an incredible journey one that is always surprising right <laughs> <laughs> right life is surprising that was beautiful thank you so much for sharing so i think i hear you saying that your journey really started out as a child, just this love for music. And along the way, you were really discouraged. And so that kind of was hidden away. And you went into mental health advocacy. And you had a passion for that. But there was this deep longing within your soul to be drawn back to music and singing and in the pandemic, it gave you that opportunity, that stillness to really hear and answer that call. And throughout that, it's kind of brought you full circle back to being a mental health advocate through your music. So tying both of those beautifully together, is that close? Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's very concise. I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. And that's beautiful. I love how once you released that and said, I'm going to follow my heart. It was also given back to you in a, in a way that was also fulfilling to your soul, which is so beautiful. Yeah. Isn't that always how it works? Like if we take that big risk for our heart, it often pays off even when it seems like it's impossible that it will. When we, when we're willing to kind of go there and follow that like inner calling, Mm -hmm. it returns back tenfold, a hundredfold, in ways I probably will continue to for the rest of my life. And like you said, it's, it's both terrifying and, and just amazingly beautiful in the same aspect. It is, it is. So in your music, you often touch upon themes of emotional healing and nurturing connections. How has your personal journey, um, you talked a little bit about it, influenced your musical approach and how do you bring awareness to the power of connection through your songs? Yeah. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm somebody that has been on a healing journey for a while and Earlier in my life, I struggled with depression and trauma and 
when I was in my darkest moments, music was something that reached into me when words really couldn't. Um, so that's why I want to create music that brings light to people that are going through something similar because often we can't speak what we're going through. We can't put words to the healing. We may not even be able to express it to our closest people or even ourselves. But music sort of, to me, it has this power to alchemize our emotions and our pain. And I think the reason I use the word alchemy, I love that word because it implies, it kind of calls back to this old medieval practice of trying to turn lead into gold. But a lot of people use it as a metaphor, including like Carl Jung, um, the psychologist, to really identify a process within ourselves to take darkness, to take pain, and to alchemize it into something that can fuel healing or growth. And I'll give you one example of something recently. Um, after the pandemic, I finally got COVID and I was dealing with some kind of scary health issues around that. And I don't know if you've ever had the experience where you're like, waiting for medical news and you're not going to know until you get that call back from the doctor and you know all these things are going through my mind i'm like of course spinning out worst case scenario like oh no this or that and the anxiety that we can create in our bodies is so extreme because there's that uncertainty you don't feel well and you're just like what's going to happen what's going to happen so I'm just spinning out and I'm thinking of the worst case scenario, my body starts reacting to my fear and my stress, which of course is making my physical symptoms worse. And I just decided in that moment to really try to step back and like witness my body with love and acceptance. And it was like immediately this kind of rush filled my whole body of like, relax be in the moment. And that feeling where the fear, the anxiety like shifts into just from being seen, just from bringing that love, like you said, the connection, we're connecting to that part of ourselves. And we're just saying, I see you, you're afraid right now, you're terrified. And that witnessing creates this like deep shift and I don't know why that works, but it does. And it's a sort of alchemy of like when we accept what we're feeling, when we feel what we're feeling, when we're just seeing it with love and presence, it shifts. And, you know, it's it's really incredible. So my goal with music is to try to facilitate that kind of alchemy, that journey into self-love and bringing that awareness and connection to all parts of yourself even the scary and shadowy parts that we might be afraid to go because that's where the gold can be. And if we keep pushing it away or we keep pretending it's not there, it's not going to go away. It's just going to calcify and become more scary. So I think music has that ability to bring us, take us on that journey to self-love, awareness, and acceptance that can al alchemize those emotions and be healing. That is amazing. And so one of the things that I just want to say is when you were speaking about feeling seen and heard, it brings me back to emotionally focused therapy. And that's one of mm -hmm. the things is really just validating being feeling safe. And what I mean by that is feeling safe mentally, emotionally, and physically 
being seen, heard, and valued. And what I think I hear you saying is that learning to also give yourself that validation and feeling seen and heard creates the shift and we can feel a bit more safe and that works. And sometimes it's hard to explain, but like you said, it's alchemy. It, it shifts us from, from this fear into a more love state. Is that close to what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. That's an interesting practice. I don't know. You're, you're definitely more of an expert in that to me. And it's just interesting how, yeah, there are these incredible practices that we can tap into to do that, which is amazing. Like somebody's thought about this, somebody studied it, somebody's researched it. Right. It's out there as a practice. <laughs> well, and that's why I loved you were speaking. I was just like, oh my goodness, that, you know, is part of so much of my purpose is as well to help people feel safe and seen and heard. And what I, I really love hearing you say is that is also your part of your purpose through your songs is when sometimes we can't even identify it for ourselves or others that, that we need to validate us. Your songs can help somebody in those moments because you've been there, you've experienced it. And so through your music and through the words, somebody else, so many of us have experienced so much of the same thing that we can resonate with us. And through that, we can feel seen and heard. And even if just in that moment, we can feel safe and, and validated, which is so beautiful. That's my goal. It doesn't mean that I'm always perfectly you know, doing that, but it's a journey. And yeah, like you're saying, I think sometimes we just need that permission mm-hmm. to, to go there in ourselves because yes. it can feel so scary. And I do think music, like sometimes when I'm really resisting crying, for example, like you just hear that song and it's like, oh, all right, the tears start flowing. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, I, I know for sure that this, the one song that I heard initially on TikTok, just it hit me. I was like, oh, those words definitely resonated with me and just what I've been through. And I think like you were saying that sometimes it's hard when others maybe haven't experienced what you've experienced and to put it into words when somebody else is able to do that, to give words to what you're feeling and then to have have it said out loud through this beautiful song, like you said, it's just, it's healing. And again, just goes back to feeling not only connected to self, but connected now to you through your music and not feeling alone. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's incredibly powerful. And the music itself, you know, it's the instrumentation, the chord progressions, like all these different elements can take us on that journey I, you know, the, the actual resonance of the sound, it's like the sound healing that sometimes doesn't even have words and that combination with like speaking it. I mean, it's, it's kind of magic. It's like speaking, speaking these things. And my song, Feral Child, I think that's the one that you were talking about. Yes. You know, it's, it's actually a song that I wrote to my inner child. And I think that it, to me, it's very powerful because I'm literally speaking to her like it's just me confessing how I've abandoned her and that I'm welcoming her back. And I wanted to put it out there because I wanted to give other people permission to use those words. And 
in case it's helpful to kind of see that process of, you know, what, what does someone say to their inner child? Not that I have all the right words or that I am done with the process or anything like that, but just as an example and to share the, the rawness of that yearning to reconnect with the inner child. And that that's, that's what the song is. It's actually almost a transcript of a therapy session. So. <laughs> I love that. And, and like you were saying that permission and really just giving people some sort of guidance through your authenticity into where even to start or to even begin to feel that, or even, you know, some people don't really even know about their inner child, which kind of leads me to my next question is as someone deeply interested in holistic nutrition and herbalism and inner child work, how do you see these practices blending with music? Yeah. Well, I don't know if you ever use the saying, you have to feel it to heal it. Yes. (laughs) But that's a big part of how I think about it. And I'll just give you one example from my own healing process of trauma. And one of my songs is about this story that, you know, between my junior and senior year of college, I was struggling with trauma and depression. And I remember going to the beach and it was like a sunny day in the summer. It's like beautiful. Everyone's splashing through the water and wearing their bright bathing suits. And I'm just like literally seeing the world in gray. And I'm just walking with my headphones in, just listening to music, not, I was numb. I was completely numb. And this was such a big moment because I went back home and it sort of reached this breaking point where I was just like on a loop. If anyone struggles, who's listening has struggled with depression, you might know about that feeling where it just feels like it goes on forever. And it's like your life is on repeat. You know, every day is the same. It's all gray. You wake up, here it is again. This is never going to end. And I sort of reached this limit where I I remember going in the shower after being at the beach and I finally just kind of like gave up in a way because I was so frustrated and just like sick of it. And I think not giving up, I started to like relax a little bit and I started to feel into my body. And I remember like literally feeling a black cloud in my stomach. Like it was like all the pain, all the trauma was like condensed into this cloud. And suddenly it was like eating away at myself. I almost visually saw it eating away at my joy, like everything, my life force. And I just like finally allowed it to kind of explode. And it felt like a thunderstorm, like like the cloud just opens up and I just remember sitting down on the shower floor tears are pouring down I'm shaking I'm like releasing so much trapped energy and it felt like rain it was so cathartic and it really began my healing journey and a lot of the somatic work that I ended up doing going into the body and finding these places where pain is stored and I wrote this song black cloud about this experience um, because it in a way it was a rebirth when that thunder and lightning and rain poured down it watered the seeds of my healing and I wanted to put that into a song that entire journey of the darkness to the rebirth and really to take people through this journey of like it is terrifying it is so scary to have to face those black clouds inside of us 
But on the other side of it is that spring, that rain that can water the seeds of our healing. And so that was my journey. And I just wanted to share it because I want the song to reach people in that place where it feels so stuck. And it's like, it feels stuck, but you can get out of it. I got out of it. That was the beginning of my healing journey. I haven't, you know, of course, depression always comes up in all of our lives, but like I haven't struggled with it since then. And I've found so much healing and self-awareness and self-love out of that process. So my hope with that song is that you feel it to heal it, you know, that it's a reminder of that and that principle of healing trauma. Um, So that's what I think music in its best form can help us do is to feel and access our emotions that we can unlock that alchemy. Oh, thank you so much, Tess, for being so vulnerable and sharing that story with us. So I think I hear you saying that you had this, this pivotal moment in your life where you were just done and you were exhausted from just trying to carry and trying to make it go away that you just literally and physically kind of just gave up and you were sitting there and you said that this, all of it was just in your body and just kind of exploded. And it just felt like this, like you said, a thunderstorm and it just released. But at the same time, what I love that you said is that as it was coming down, the rain kind of watered the seeds of healing. So you, you had to go through that really dark point in order to get towards the healing. And through that, you wanted to make a song that let other people's other people know that it is painful and there is dark parts of the healing journey, but there is this other side. And like you said, you have to feel it to heal it. It's necessary to go through that pain in order to get to the other side. And I know that a lot of people hear that and talk about it. And I know a lot of people, like you said, hear the phrase, you know, feel it to heal it. And in our line of work, we usually use new emotional experience, like, or where do you feel it in your body? And a lot of people, when they're just beginning their healing journey, they don't really know what that means until they stop. Something makes them stop to actually feel it. And it is painful. And I think in this you know, new age spiritual journey, I see a lot of people only talking about the good stuff and that it's supposed to be easy and the rainbows and the butterflies. And, you know, if you just fake it till you make it and all of those things, they're all really good modalities. And there are parts of that in the healing journey, but it is tough and there are really dark parts. And that's one of the things that I love about your authenticity is like, hey, I'm sharing my story so that you know that you're not alone and that we unfortunately need these dark moments to get us to where we need to go. And here, let me walk alongside you. That's right. Yeah, there is a lot of understandably not wanting to go there or, you know, some people would say Mm -hmm. spiritual bypassing is an, you know, a term that is used where it's like, okay, let's go to the love and the light and the healing place without going to the underworld and the shadows. And it completely makes sense. Like, of course we want to go, (laughs) (laughs) we want to go to the good place. But I think from my own experience, the most transformational work 
has been in the underworld and in the shadows. And in breaking my heart into a million pieces, it becomes bigger with compassion, with empathy, with wisdom. And hiding away from that pain is not how we move through it. Because ultimately, you can also create like such a bubble for yourself, right? Like I feel so privileged to be living in Northern California, growing up with a lot of different privileges, whether it's the color of my skin, whatever, whatever, my family being together, like all these things that other people don't have. And it's easy to create that bubble where it's like, well, I'm manifesting my dreams and everything's going well for me. And it's like, okay, then go to San Francisco and look at the homelessness there and like, How do we confront the entire world, not just a part of it, and do that with love and compassion? And I think the only way is to go go into the shadows of ourselves, because that's where, you know, if we see something that we reject in in the world, it's probably because we're rejecting that in ourselves. At least I've found, and it's hard. It's messy. It's scary. It's terrifying. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) and it has. It's like that, you know, alchemical experience where it's like, that's the gold. The gift is in the shadows, but we'll only see that if we really have the courage to go there. Right. Exactly. A lot of people talk about shadow work and inner child work, and I think they're interchangeable. And a lot of people are afraid that if they go to those depths, then they're never going to come out. And that is a real fear. And I think that it's, it's so important to, to baby step that and, and have support and have a safe person in, in places to go through that healing journey. But um, like you were saying, I do believe that most everything that we deal with that triggers us or um, is painful is originated probably in our childhood most of it. And we just ignore it and try to make it go away because that was how we survived then. And now that we don't have to survive that way, we can go back and validate those parts of us, that little girl or that little boy that wasn't given the love that they needed, wasn't seen. And that doesn't mean that, you know, you didn't have good parents or a good childhood. It just means that at moments when you needed somebody, somebody wasn't there. That abandonment is so deep within so many of us. In fact, I've never met somebody that it wasn't, (laughs) didn't affect, right? And just recognizing that we all have that. We all have that. And those, those shadow parts of us are not bad parts of us. They're just parts that um, maybe never got love and were never seen. Um, How do you feel about all of that? Absolutely. No, I I totally agree. Um, And I think that, you know, it's interesting because with the inner child work, I think a lot of it, like you're saying, does start in childhood. And there's ways that we continue to do some of those things. Like I used to be in this career that was awesome and really great. And there's this way that when you're in the working world of the modern age, there's this focus on more, 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 go, go, go. Especially if you're in like a, a healing profession, you know, where you're like taking on so much and there's not an emphasis on self-care. But even if you're in the business world, really everywhere in our society is focused on this kind of 
forward movement with no rest. And that is for me, like, I realized that that was completely sucking the joy out of my day to day. And my inner child was being like abandoned in that process. And it was like, oh my gosh, like I'm, what am I doing? Like, I'm just completely ignoring this whole side of life that's about joy, freedom, playfulness, like all the things that my, like you're saying, this this part that's in the shadows seem really scary. Like when I first came across her, she looked like a starving child. And that's what the feral child is about. It's like, she's she has hollow eyes. She's starving. She's saying, please, please, like, where are you? I need you. And I'm just going like, I don't need you. I need to do these other things because they're way more important. And it's freaking terrifying when you see that. You're like, holy crap. Like, I'm just, I'm like doing child abuse within myself. It's like very disturbing. Yeah. But the good news is like you're saying, you know, oftentimes support of a therapist or in a program, like whatever that container looks like for the work, it's sometimes really not possible to do it just on your own. But when you have that space to do that work and you bring that love to those parts of yourselves, it unlocks so much. Like now to reconnect with that joy of childhood is like such a gift that is is there. It's there for us when we can welcome back those parts that we've rejected and neglected and kind of give them, as you were saying, what they never got. I think that's incredibly powerful. And all of us have that inside of us, that gift of, of childhood that's right there. Yes, I love that. And, you know, you, you mentioned something really big is in society and how we're programmed is to be productive and to earn love through productivity. And if we're not producing, then somehow we're not worthy. And we see so many people struggle with that. I know that I struggle with perfectionism. I will always be working on that because just unintentionally, that's the way that I was, you know, brought up and programmed within school, within work, you know, you do good, you, you earn love. And so if I produce, then I feel worthy and it's, it is a struggle. And I I see so many people struggle with that. And I think that that ties into, like you said, that inner child just sitting there waiting, like we can be loved without producing. When are you just going to love us? And we're in this society of fixing instead of loving. And it's one thing that I love about validating and really authentically listening is that in this society, we, we forget to hear people. And it's not out of most of the time a lack of love. It's that we also want to share what we're going through as a way to connect. But in doing that, we invalidate one another and nobody is ever truly seen, heard, and they never feel valued. And so that little child just continues to sit there, like you said, and just wait and starve for that love and really that affection and attention. And this isn't something that we talked about before, but it kind of just came up is that for me learning on this healing journey is that in the world, society tells us that we need no one. We need validation from nobody in the spiritual world. Um, 
they say you only need yourself and validation from yourself. And in religion, they say you only need validation from your source. And for me, what I've found is that we need all three to really have our lifeline fulfilled is we need validation from one another and validation from ourself and validation from source. And all of those combined really allow us to be fully seen and heard and feel valued. How do you feel about all of that? Yeah, I think there's this kind of, especially in American U.S. culture, which may not be true in other parts of the world, but there's this idea of like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, if you can't do it alone, then you're weak. And that's just crazy. Like, I think nature is sort of a great metaphor for helping us see beyond that. Um, I remember like right now, actually, I don't know if you're dealing with it, but we have wildfire smoke and I can't go outside. And it's like, okay, I may not, you know, we're not in the wildfires right now, but the, fi- the fire is like really far away and the smoke is still reaching to these places. It's like such a great example of how everything is interconnected. Like we can't be like, well, I don't live in a fire zone, so I'm cool with what's happening. Right. And it's like, no, even I took a trip to New York City a couple months ago. It was some of the worst wildfire smoke I've ever seen. And it was coming all the way up from Canada. So it just shows that we can't pretend we're in this bubble. You know, we literally rely on an interconnected web of things every single day, whether it's like the water that we take a shower, brush our teeth, drink every day, whether it's like the roads that we drive on. It's all from other people. And if something falls apart, it affects everyone. And I think the same thing is true with the healing work. It's like, why should this be done alone when we are not alone? We are not solitary. We are not solipsistic, you know, bubbles. (laughs) We are connected to each other and we need that, that support, like you're saying, from all these different areas, whether it's nature, which is a really big connection point and support to me, our families or our communities, or even just a therapist, you know, whoever it is, that's just someone that can help you hold that space. I think that's incredibly important. And guess what? That's not a weakness at all. That's just reality. Yes. And I think we're given that message from when we're a child. It's like, you're weak if you need help. Right. And I know I've struggled with that, like struggled reaching out and saying, Hey, I'm having a really hard time. I need support. And it's like, actually, that's really courageous to do that rather than it being a sign of weakness. I definitely agree with that. Um, I, I love that you brought that up because so many people, I think, struggle with that, and especially men. I've talked to so many amazing men lately that struggle with that, is that their emotions make them weak, right? And and it was something, as as a woman who grew up to be independent, that asking for help was definitely a sign of weakness. It felt that way. So that's been something that I've had to really try to combat. And like you said, it's actually very courageous, not a sign of weakness. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, well, it's so important, especially as a musician and performer. You know, it's interesting because the voice is one of the most delicate instruments to work with. 
you know, even practicing with the voice and, and finding these different caverns of resonance within your chest, within your head, requires incredible attunement and body awareness and to care for the voice and understand like how to make the best of your instrument requires self-care. And if you don't, it'll literally show up in your singing. So in a way, this path of, of singer and songwriter is, you know, nutrition is so important. Like if you don't eat the right things, if you don't stay hydrated, your voice will feel it and you'll know in your performance. So I feel kind of lucky because it forces me to be super aware of that. And, you know, definitely also with like different herbs and things like that, going the natural way is preferred because anything harsh or strong like tends to affect your your voice as well. So it's very interesting because I think the voice is, is such a deep part of ourselves. And even for those of you that are listening that aren't singers, you know, you talk you might talk every day and you might be in meetings or you might give presentations. Um, you might talk to your friends and family. And so that speaking voice is is the same as the singing voice. And when you start to tune into that, you'll realize that there's a lot going on there. <laughs> and if you're not taking care of your body, then your voice suffers. So I feel grateful to be kind of forced into having to focus on those things. And certainly, you know, it's, it's a form of self-care, like the right food, the right things that you put in your body certainly affects everything that your body is able to do, whether it's go through a healing process or just get through your day, um, how you actually take care of it matters. And so that's been a, a big learning for me and I'm not perfect, <laughs> definitely not, but it's a journey to figure out what works for you and listening deeply, which can be a huge process and learning as well. Yeah, I, I love that you mentioned that you're always learning and that it's not perfect. And what I think I hear you also saying is that through this journey of being an artist and being a singer, it's really forced you into another aspect of listening to your body and really nurturing it in a whole different way physically on on a biological level so that your voice can produce and your body can produce what you're asking and needing it to do. And so you've really had to learn to listen to your body and figure out what works for you and what feels good. And I think that that's so huge in that, that journey in itself of figuring out what feels good for you. Is that close to what you were saying? Exactly. Yeah. You, you kind of have to, for sure. And I think that's so huge. And I, I talk to so many people about that is, you know, often people want to know where to start. And so many people have never even truly felt connected to themselves. They don't know what they like. They don't know who they are. And I always say, get curious, try all the things. You often find what feels good through going through all the things that do not feel good. <laughs> you have to go through the things that don't feel good to really feel and understand what feels good. So in that connection is a reoccurring theme in your work, Tess, whether it's connection with oneself or others or the natural world. 
what advice do you have for our listeners to cultivate a deeper connection in their own lives? I think for me, you know, going back to this idea of go, go, go society, in order for me to connect, I know I need that space. And, you know, a lot of people who might be listening might be familiar or might not with with meditation or those similar practices. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. Like it could be just sitting there with yourself for 10 minutes and journaling or just sitting in silence. You know, meditation is a whole topic that we could get into, but I think creating that space in yourself for yourself to listen is the number one thing. Because like you said, it's really this journey of discovery, of exploring, trying out different things. But if you don't give yourself that space to listen, you might miss the messages. You might miss your body telling you, oh, I really don't like when you stay up till 2 a.m. writing a song (laughs) like I did last night, you know, plugging away in my voice notes. (laughs) And it's like, okay, I need to really focus on getting journaling earlier in the day. So I'm not like staying up all night um, writing, but it's like having that space for yourself gets you in touch with your intuition, gets you in touch with your inner knowing, gets you in touch with your body. And that's where it starts because no one else can really give you like, I know everyone wants like, here's the formula to X, Y, Z, you know, That's driving like the internet, you know, how do I lose weight? How do I get healthy? How do I make money? And the truth is like a lot of it is strategy, sure, and advice and things you need, skill sets, but a lot of it is really just like tuning into what works for you because it's going to be different for everyone. And I know that anytime I've tried to just like adopt what somebody else says, it doesn't, it doesn't work completely unless I'm really tuned into myself. And it's, it's subtle and the world doesn't appreciate subtle. It's loud and it's advertising and it's in your face and it's short attention spans. And you kind of have to work against the grain and just say, I'm going to take 10 minutes and just write stream of consciousness and see what comes out and like slow down for a second with a candle and just let my body go and see what happens. I think that's where to start. And then the rest will will flow from there. And you'll see like what you're attracted to, what you need. You know, maybe you need, you realize you really want to go into therapy or maybe like me, you, you start writing in a journal and you're like, holy crap, I need to write these into songs. I need to write these into poems. <laughs> I need to do art because I have so yes. much to express. Um, or I need to go for a walk. Like it, it will emerge out of that space. So just start with the space. Yeah. So I think I hear you saying that providing just that stillness, even for a few moments, really allows you to be able to hear. And so often we just want to be led and guided from outside. That's comfortable. And we've kind of been disconnected from listening to ourself And so what you're saying is as we take those moments to just be with ourselves and hear what is coming up within us, that is that first step to not only becoming more connected to ourselves, but also on this healing journey and then leading us to be able to connect with 
nature and others as well. Is that close? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would definitely agree. I love that. Tess, it has been such a blessing having you here. Can you tell us a little bit about the song that we are going to play at the end of the episode? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Yes. So this song, Feral Child, we talked about it a little bit, but it was a song I wrote to my inner child. And I hope that in you hearing it, it helps you remember the presence and the beauty and the joy of your inner child within. And so with that, you know, this is a beautiful opportunity to just be still and to listen and to be quiet and even use this as a little meditative moment for you and see what comes up as you're listening to her voice and these words. So we thank you so much for listening again, Tess. Thank you so much for being here. And we hope that everybody who's listening got something out of it. And we really appreciate and value every listener. Thank you. Thank you so much. There she is, starving, cold, her eyes they hold, hollow, heard, haunting me, shallow breath, she says to me, you left me for dead, nothing's left, I'm a
before we wrap it up, I've got some podcast gems for you. We have Heather Harrington's Hot Mess Espresso. Her resilience and vibrant energy are just what you need on your healing journey. Also, give a listen to Hunter Allen's Everything is Connected podcast for some refreshing insights on emotional intelligence and mental health. Please go check them out. You definitely won't be disappointed.